You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit uses the story of Bartimaeus to talk about how one's mindset changes after one encounters the power of Jesus. Hello everyone, good morning. If you see a new face, why don't you just reach out to them and say hello, welcome to church. This is an exciting year for Every Nation Canberra. We celebrated our second year last July and we'll be having our first wedding tomorrow. May I ask our first couple to stand up, Ray and Shara. I was the one who did one-to-one with Ray. Can we just extend our hand? We'll just uh, say a short prayer of blessing for them. Father in heaven, we thank you for Ray and Shara and their commitment to a Christian marriage. Lord, we pray that you'd bless Ray, bless him as a provider and a protector, sustain him in all the pressure that will come with the task of stewarding a family, and may strength be his wife's boast and pride, and may he also live that his wife may find him the haven for which the heart of a woman truly longs. And we pray that you bless Shara, give her the tenderness that makes her a great and deep sense of understanding with a strong faith in you. Give her that inner beauty of soul that never fades eternal youth that is found in holding fast to the things that never age. May she so live that her husband may be pleased to reverence her in the shrine of his heart. Lord, teach Ray and Shara that their marriage is not living for each other. It's two people uniting and joining hands to serve you. Give them a great spiritual purpose in life. May they seek you first, your kingdom, and your righteousness knowing that you will sustain them all through their life's challenges. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's give them a big hand. So they're going to get married tomorrow, and not everyone is invited. So (laughs) You know how it is like. Uh, You know, it doesn't really have to be a grand celebration with friends and family. We we honor this new couple, and I'm glad that you're finally tying the knot. Yes, and welcome to Shara's parents and family who are here for the first time, enjoying the cold Canberra uh, spring weather. Yes, so uh, I'm a bit uh, down under the weather as well, but I'm, I'm feeling better now. I had lost my voice last Wednesday. I was really praying hard that I'd regain it, and God is good. I'm here and talking in front of you. Our message today is entitled, The Beggar's Cloak. It's about the story of Bartimaeus, the man who had been blind for a long time, probably since he was born, and his life was reduced to just sitting by the roadside every day, waiting for people to to give their help. He had probably been shunned and ignored by a lot of people. And as we go through the story in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52, it will push us to an area of discomfort. Why? because it will test the foundation of our security and also test to what extent of the things that we have are we willing to give up in order to follow Jesus. Let's read the first verse. And as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Now, as we notice in the, in the New Testament, there were no shortage of beggars during the time of Jesus. There were a lot of beggars. But being a beggar during that time was somewhat a, you may call it an exclusive profession. 
You just cannot go out in the street and beg. You need to get a license. You need to prove that you have a disability and that you're eligible to beg. And then the authorities will give you a license. The license did not come in the form of a piece of paper that we ca you carry with you that authorizes you to ask for money. The license came in a form of clothing. They were given a cloak, a specially designed cloak with a special color that you are supposed to wear when you're begging for alms. It's like your license to do your trade. It also identifies your legitimacy. Being blind, Bartimaeus probably had a heightened sense of hearing, right? And it was not an ordinary day because he heard that there was like a lot of people gathering around someone who seemed to be very important. Next verse, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him. And many said, be quiet. They told him to be silent. But all the more he cried, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, a blind man shouting at a teacher is probably like, you can compare it to a homeless man crying out to a CEO for help. A CEO would probably just shun that man and say, you know, you're not my league. I don't have anything to do with you. But Jesus was different. When he heard Bartimaeus was crying out to him, he responded. Jesus stopped and said, I want to meet that man. I heard, I heard him calling my name. Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart. In other translation, be of good cheer. Hey, this is your lucky day. Jesus is calling you. We've been trying to get this attention, but this Jesus is calling you. So Bartimaeus threw off his cloak, he sprang up, and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Not because Jesus didn't want what Bartimaeus wanted, didn't know what Bartimaeus wanted. And Bartimaeus said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Very simple conversation, an exchange of words between Jesus and Bartimaeus. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Now, what does the story of a blind man 2,000 years ago that threw his cloak and ran to Jesus and got healed have to do with us today? For most of us, this is just an account on the book of Mark telling us how great Jesus is and how powerful he is. I don't have a hard time, you probably say, believing that Jesus all those, did all those miracles, but we hardly see any beggars here in Canberra. I tell you, there is so much more to this story than just a blind man getting healed because Jesus had compassion on him. This story is relevant not just to the people of that time, but I believe so more relevant to us today. Maybe no one in this room would be able to relate to the balance of life of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus' balance of life was steady. He would wake up every morning, he would get his license, wrap it around him, his cloak, 
choose uh, probably the best spot along the road or the best spot outside the uh, temple. And then he would count his money at the end of the day, buy some food and go home. Every day he did that. Whether you're getting $20 an hour or probably if you're getting paid $300 for a few minutes, putting your autograph or your sign on a piece of paper, doesn't really matter. We all have one thing in common. We are all on a journey. All of us, we are all on a journey. And we're all headed the same direction. And you know where we're all headed? It's called eternity, right? Whether you're driving a $500 car or the other guy's driving a brand new Range Rover, you're still driving on the same road. Whether you're trying to fit your leg in the economy seat of the airplane and the other guy is lounging on the business class lounge or sofa or whatever or bed, you're still in the same plane. You're going to the same destination. The question at the end of life is not what kind of car you drove or how expensive the house you lived in or probably the business empire that you've created, or how much lavish vacations you enjoyed. The question at the end of life is, where are you going to spend eternity? And we all have to understand that we all have eternal destinations. It's sad that we are made to believe in the lie and the illusion that we are in control of our lives. You'll see people telling you, you are the author of your future. Think of who you want to become and you will become that person. Think positive. You can make things happen on your own. The truth of the matter is we are not in control of our lives. God is in control of our lives. And if we truly understand this universal truth, then we will find peace because our refuge will not be based on our ability to produce. Our refuge will be based on God's ability to provide for us. Bartimaeus was blind. He had to beg for food to survive. Many of us here still have good eyesight. I'm trying to uh, deny it. But in many ways, we can be like Bartimaeus. Many of us have some sort of spiritual blindness. We may not be physically blind, but we are limited by the things that we can only hear, we can only measure, and we can only understand. If Bartimaeus focused on his blindness, then he could probably have missed that chance, that opportunity for him to experience the miracle of Jesus. But he did not focus on his blindness. He focused on his faith. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I want you to remember this. The moment you declare that Jesus is the Lord of your life, many people will rebuke you. You will lose friends. Many people will turn their backs on you. They will despise you. They will rebuke you, and they will mock you. Even your families, they will deny you. They will despise you and become indifferent to you. 
But the more that he was rejected and rebuked, Bartimaeus shouted his faith and said, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, I heard my name. I want to meet that man. You see, Bartimaeus was the, at the bottom of the VIP list. Jesus was surrounded by a huge crowd. He cannot see Bartimaeus because he was sitting probably somewhere along the road. He just heard that faint voice calling out his name. But he called Bartimaeus not just because he had compassion on him, but I believe because Jesus wanted to teach us a very important lesson. Not just for the people of that time, but for our time as well. The power of the scripture. Remember, when Jesus calls you and you accept it, he will define you. You will no longer be defined by your past. You will no longer be defined by the mistakes that you've made, the wrong that you've done, the sins that you've committed. You will no longer be defined by people's expectations of you. When Jesus calls you, he will give you hope. Your hope will no longer be anchored on your ability to produce wealth because you're intelligent, you have a good job. Your hope will no longer be anchored on your ability to make your relationship work because you're a love guru or you're good at it. Your hope will no longer be defined by what you are able to do or not able to do because from now on, when you accept Jesus, your identity will be Jesus. If anyone is in Christ, He's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. In response to the call of Jesus, Bartimaeus did three things. First, he took off his cloak. He rose and he went to Jesus. This was a direct display of faith. When Bartimaeus took off his cloak, that was his sense of security. That was his license to live he was believing for a miracle. And at that point, he, have, he hasn't asked Jesus yet. He just knew by faith that when he walks to Jesus, something will change in his life. The cloak defined who Bartimaeus was, that he was a beggar, that he was poor. Throwing off his cloak is a declaration of what he believed in his mind, I'm not going to need that anymore. Something is going to change in my life. It will never be the same again. Today, I want all of us to see ourselves in Bartimaeus. Someone has told us about Jesus. We've heard about Jesus. Someone has preached Jesus to us. But unfortunately, most of us choose to harden our hearts and not respond to the call of Jesus. There are many kinds of blindness, and all of us wear some cloak of some kind. It is something that is with us or within us that we cling to, something that we identify ourselves with, things that we cannot let go of, things that we cannot live without. The question is this, will we choose to remain where we are, or are we willing to leave everything behind? Something important to us at that point in our lives for us to be able to follow Jesus.
In throwing off his cloak, Bartimaeus embraced a new life that he knew that Jesus and only Jesus can give him. He knew that the security, the protection, the usefulness of the cloak will be replaced by something bigger, something better, something more permanent. Bartimaeus completely chose to throw away his sense of security, something that was valuable and necessary for him to survive. He never went back to his cloak, by the way, because after that, he followed Jesus. Following Jesus is a decision that will change your life forever. Following Jesus will cost you everything you are and everything that you have. But I tell you, if you haven't done it yet, following Jesus is worth more than anything that you stand to lose in your life. If anyone or anything has become your cloak, the story of Bartimaeus is just reminding us of one important truth that we have to embrace. It's time to shed our cloak. Following Jesus means we have to drop our cloak, die to ourselves, and we can only do that if we believe and if we have faith in Him. And when you drop your cloak, don't drop and doubt. Don't doubt and ask, what if I don't get healed? What if I don't make it? What if my relationship doesn't work? What if I don't get the job? What if I lose all my money? What if I lose my house? Don't drop and doubt. Just believe. Faith is taking a step, not because you see what lies ahead. Faith is taking a step because God asks you to take that step. When God becomes your reason to live, you will never find any reason to quit. Remember that. Because God finishes what, he, finishes what He starts. And God will carry the good work that He has started in you into completion in the day of Christ Jesus. Remember, it is not faith when you follow Jesus and say, I'm going to take my cloak just in case. That's not faith. When you want to follow Jesus, drop everything and follow Jesus. That is faith. Jesus said, go. Go your way. Your faith has made you well. This story ends with the life changed forever. Bartimaeus knew he had Jesus. Then he knew he needed nothing else. Why? Because he knew he had everything he needed. Sometimes, the only thing that keeps us from being available to Jesus and for Jesus is the cloak that we are unwilling to let go of. Heavenly Father, we thank you for exposing what's hidden in our hearts. And Lord, with all humility, we repent and ask for your forgiveness for holding on to the cloak that you want us to give up. For some of us, 
This cloak is an old lifestyle of sin. Maybe there, there's someone here who's having difficulty saying no to pornography and resisting that button to click. Maybe there, there are people here saying they love Jesus, but they live in ad- adulterous relationships. They engage in premarital sex. For some of us, our cloak is our obsession with gaining material wealth and possession to the point that we have neglected our time for the people we love. No amount of material or financial success can justify the time that we do not give our family. For some of us, it's a cloak of busyness. Lord, there's just too much things to do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We just don't have time for God. And maybe your cloak is the hurt of the past that you cannot let go of. Maybe you're imprisoned by anger for someone who's done you wrong in your life. Your cloak is your unwillingness to forgive. Maybe your cloak is your aspiration for status, for for acknowledgement, for, for praise and flattery, for fame and popularity. Maybe your cloak is a cloak of knowledge. Maybe you know so much to the point that you have lost your humility. You seem to know all there is to know, except to know who Jesus really is. Lord, we thank you for making us realize that we have to let go of our cloak first before we can truly follow you. Holy Spirit, help us to leave them behind so we can run to you and experience the truth that will set us free from our past. Father God, may all of our relationships start with our relationship with you first. Secure us in your love, Lord. Heal us in our hurts. Lord, from now on, I allow you to change my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.